You guys want to hear how disrespectful I can be sometimes. So I had a guest on the show this week. Very happy to have this guest on the show. He's awesome. Very awesome dude. His name is Shane Torres. And I forgot to ask him how he wants you guys to go be able to check out his stuff. Forgot, completely forgot. Like a disrespectful host. So now I'm doing it now. His name is Shane Torres, S-H-A-N-E-T-O-R-R-E-S, Shane Torres. He's a musician, and he's in the process of creating an application that'll be on your phone. Go check out his SoundCloud. It's really good. Uh, He's got super dope music. Go look it up. Like It's so good, the stuff that he makes. His music is so good that... When I first listened to it, I had the thought that, like, it, it felt like I was listening to one of my favorite musicians. Um, super talented guy, and he's creating this. He's in the process of creating this super cool app. Uh, it should be out soon. And so go check out his Instagram. We talk about the app, uh, so you'll hear about it during the podcast. But check out his Instagram, Torres.Shane to go see updates about when the app is going to be coming out. I think you're going to love it. This podcast is great. I had a great time recording it. He's a super cool dude, super fun guy. And he's a skater boy. And again, I said, see you later, boy, without asking him how he wanted you guys to be able to go find his stuff. But so I'm doing it now. So guys, Shane Torres, he's the guest. Here we go. Shane, you're you're the first guy on this podcast. Really? Yes, you're the first Y chromosome that isn't me to be here. <laughs> well, and, I'm, I'm honored. Right? Yeah, you're I the think the first guy. That's crazy. That's monumental. It is. It's a big deal. And 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 I think there's a reason to that uh, that you're the first guy. And I think it's because girls do more cool stuff than guys do and let me, i'm gonna back so, that up a little bit old statement i know <laughs> i know but <laughs> and but i we're starting off with a, a big statement uh, <laughs> but for real like out of all the places that i've traveled to like let's just take hostels for instance almost 90 percent i don't know okay 90 spent an exaggeration that's a generous estimate but at least 70%. It's probably around 80% of the people who stay in hostels and will travel are women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I think about all the volunteer stuff that I've done in the past. It's the same thing. Like 70 to 80% of those people are women. And then like when I was at uh, Liberty, all the people who go out to events or go to go out to do um, things like, like be associated with any clubs or anything like that. It was all women. And I guess at the university, it's a little bit skewed because at least at our school, it was, there was like 60% women and 40% men. But, and then even with this podcast, like when I uh, started thinking about who I wanted to have, who I want to have on the show, it's just the, oh, there's an overwhelmingly amount, overwhelmingly greater amount of women who come to mind than men. And now that uh, could be because of me, maybe, I'm not sure, 
but <laughs> but I think maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I do think from the things that I've seen and the things that I've done uh that more women do cool stuff than men and do you agree with that no yeah that's interesting I definitely have noticed that with some stuff um I remember growing up like seeing in like elementary school uh I was in like a lot of the 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 gifted classes and stuff like that and a lot of them were women in them like I remember there were like two or three dudes who would be in those classes with me and the rest would be girls Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't know it's interesting to think about sometimes it just seemed like they're more proactive I mean guys yeah lazy (laughs) yeah proactive is a great word for it like that and especially at a younger age how old were you when you were in those gifted classes that was probably from I don't know like fourth grade up Till 10th grade and then I switched high schools uh-huh what is a gifted class what is that well it's just like um when I was in elementary school they called it gifted it kind of just turned into like AP and dual enrollment okay. courses when I got right. older okay but um it's just like classes that are kind of like accelerated learning like just higher faster paced classes with mm-hmm. uh you know different subject material and so the there's like one guy in the class one kid in the class who's a boy and he's like he's a top-notch student he's awesome his name's eq i taught him how to say what's up and like the response (laughs) to that (laughs) like remember when you were a kid did you have aim no i didn't i know what it is i didn't have it i missed Uh, that that old generational thing and so uh one of the funny things you one of the conversations starters on aim you would say what's up and you would say nothing much just chilling you and then <laughs> and so you so taught him that. I told him that and so now every time he sees me he says what's up Mr. Theo <laughs> I say yo what's <laughs> up EQ and it's good uh because me I'm the only English speaker at this school wow. and so even the other teachers they have no idea what I'm saying and so all my like I don't really limit the slang that I use too often. And so like when I'll bump into EQ, I'll be like, yo, what's up, EQ? And then he says, what's up too? But like if I was in the United States, I don't think it would be a good idea to say yo to your students, especially as a first year teacher. Yeah, depends. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people would be okay with it. Right. See, but uh, me, if I was in the United States and all my other teachers would couldn't understand me, and if I was a first year teacher, then uh, I de- I probably wouldn't say yo to my students. Well, maybe they just think you're really hip, and then you gain respect, you know, early on. See? And that's what I think. That's what I think would actually happen. But I think <laughs> I would be a little, I would the be more a realistic little, alternative. Yeah. Uh, and but then after I had a few years under my belt, that's and then my coworkers they knew me and they knew I meant business. Then mm-hmm. I'd start working in the slang, and so that the students would would trust me. Yeah, uh, I see that. But do you so wait? Do do you agree that, or or have you noticed it as well? That yeah, I've noticed it. It's girls, definitely interesting. Girls, yeah. Yeah, I I think that there's probably some kind of like research that goes on that. I haven't really done a whole lot of looking into <laughs> the that. But of, of why girls do cooler stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just something that just is there all the time, you know, and everything you do. Yeah. Except for like I guess like football or something, but I mean, <laughs> it's like 
there's still even girls doing that. So um, yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, and I and I think in my head, I try to think of why I think or why. Let's just say it is. Let's say it is true that girls do more cool stuff, do cool more cool stuff than guys. And even saying cool stuff, I don't even like saying cool stuff. Cool stuff doesn't sound that cool. Cool shit sounds a lot cooler. Yeah, than there cool you stuff. go. It's right. And so like if uh like if you like if you were like, yo, John, come over. I got some cool stuff at my house. I'd be like, nah, dude, I don't think I want to come over ever. That sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird. Yeah. But if you were like, yo, I got some cool shit at my house. Come over. I'd be like, dope, dude. Can I stay yeah. forever? Uh, got, like Halo or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh <laughs> But like, let's say, let's say it is true that girls do more, more cool stuff than guys do. Like I said, stuff. Uh, and I think I try to answer in my head why, uh, but I have no idea. I have no idea why it. Let's if it was true, I have no idea why it would be true. Do you have any idea of why? It's probably let's just... something in like the the brain chemistry. I don't know because. It's it's interesting. I was just thinking about like when I said the thing about football, like um, that's kind of a thing that has been something that guys have been doing for a long time or even just like physical sports. But you still Mm -hmm. see girls like getting into these things and killing it. And Mm -hmm. obviously there's like some kind of, you know, bodily disadvantage when it comes to a female versus a male. But they still Uh go out there and like are just as good as other dudes. And like if it was the other way around and like females are really good at something, which they are, you don't see many guys like trying to be good at stuff. that like field hockey. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Because like, I don't know. In like skateboarding, like there's tons of girls who shred. But like, Mm. I don't know if skateboarding was just a girls thing. I don't think there would be as many guys trying to to do it. You know what I mean? It's just really. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It's kind of like gymnastics. That's more of like a female-dominated physical sport, and you don't really see too many male gymnasts. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's like at a professional level, you do, but like when you're a kid. Like, did any of your friends, like, I don't think any of my friends ever once even had the thought in their mind of, dude, we should, uh, we should try gymnastics this spring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's weird. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you got into, did you skateboard as a kid or you, did you just get into it as a young adult? Um, I wish I would have started skateboarding as a kid. I started like june 2017 so mm-hmm. like a year almost a year and a half around a year and a half ago right. um but yeah i i wish i would have started because like it's so hard and if you start when you're younger and you keep with it like by the time you're my age you're gonna be shredding mm-hmm. but i mean you can still get there like i've definitely made a lot of progress but it's 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 tough <laughs> why did you uh like why did you decide to pick up skateboarding at what yeah 2019 i was 19 19 mm-hmm. um so i used to like have a penny board and just like ride around campus kind of mm-hmm. and um i used to do that with one of my high school buddies one day like some days we would just go around campus and just cruise around on penny boards which was kind of mm-hmm. lame but i mean it was fun um yeah. and then he kind of used to skate when he was younger and one day he was just like yeah i kind of want to start skating again and i was like okay i'll just ride my penny board and he's like no i've got an extra skateboard you should you should try that out and i was like Tight. okay i guess so i started That's using a the good skateboard friend. 
Yeah, I know, right? And then after the first day, I was like, hmm, I could see myself getting into this. And then since then, it's been like, it's like absorbed my life. <laughs> like, see, yes. See, and that reminds everything. me of a story that I told uh, on the on the last podcast that I had a guest on. Uh, she she was she's a she was a yoga instructor, and I was asking her about the first time. Well, she is a yoga instructor. I asked her about the first time that she did yoga, um, and then I started talking about the first time that I ever surfed, and mm-hmm. the first time that I ever caught a wave. I knew in that in that second that I was going to be doing it for the rest of my life. Oh yeah, and so that that that's what happened with you with skating. Oh yeah. It's just like yeah. instantly it just like captivates you. Uh-huh. It's it's so cool, right? Yeah, it is. I love it when I love it how that happens. Oh yeah. How did uh like when cuz of course when you first started skating, like when I first started surfing, I sucked. Uh and so when you first started skating, you you kind of sucked, right? Oh, for sure. I think uh riding penny boards around was beneficial. Because it helped me to be able to to know how to balance on a board and be able to know how to push. Um, I obviously still wasn't like that great at those things because I didn't do it all the time. But when I started skating, I was like, "Dang, I am literally terrible." And when you're skating, there's like this 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 threshold where you don't you really can't do anything. Like you can push around, but you're like learning how to ollie. So like all you can do is push yeah. around and like stand and like wedge your wheels into a crack and try and learn how to ollie without moving um but then like that's like the hardest hurdle to get over but once you get over that it's like okay i can do this now i can do the next thing and everything's still hard after that but you like kind of built that like resiliency i guess in your brain that you're like okay i did this first thing now i can do the next thing and you just keep trying and you get better and better and it's like this i don't know just the adrenaline that you get to whenever you're doing like crazy stuff and I don't know. It's so much fun. Like I've, I've definitely, I'm definitely not great at skateboarding, but I would definitely say I've gotten to the point where I'm like maybe lower intermediate, um, mm-hmm. where I can do a decent amount of stuff and I feel comfortable on my board. Uh, but there's still like so much to learn. It's crazy. Yeah. But so you can it's just, hang. Yeah, I can. I can hang. I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's the most fun I've a- ever had. <laughs> that was a huge mile marker for me with surfing. Once I could hang, I was like, all right, I'm good. Oh yeah, like once, yeah, definitely. Once I could once be in the crowd, you up, like, yo, you want to surf? <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. exactly. Then I was like, all right, I'm word. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Yes, exactly. That was the best. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I started surfing when I was still in high school, uh, so still mm-hmm. not that young. Uh, and so I was still young enough where it's like, okay, it's. It's understandable for him to. It was in no. I started surfing in middle school, uh, and so I was definitely young enough for it to be like, all right, this kid, he sucks, but you know it's understandable. But I would think if I started surfing now, I would be a little bit more self-conscious about it. Like if I got out in the water and there was a bunch of guys who were really good out there, I'd feel super nervous. Were you ever like oh, that yeah. with skating around people who were uh, like you didn't know? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. The fir- when I first started skating, I would only skate with my uh, two friends who were also like starting skating or like starting to get back into skating, but weren't very good. Um, or I would skate on top of a parking garage where no one could see me because <laughs> uh. I, was, I was trying to to hone my skills. I was like, I'm not ready to get out into the real world yet. I gotta, yeah. I gotta practice. Um, and then one, then once I gained a little bit of confidence, I started. Uh, 
riding with some people I met around campus. Um, mm-hmm. And then you just kind of, when you skate with other people who are better than you, you get better get a lot better. quicker. Yeah. yeah. Cause they can help you out. And then you're also pushing yep. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, I definitely think like skating is skating or like any of those like extreme sports are just like one of the best ways to be alive. I yes. don't know. There's so much more to it than just like the physical activity. It's such like a, an actualizing thing. Mm-hmm. Just like being out with your buddies, like finding a curb and doing like some slappy mm-hmm. grinds on it or something for hours or like finding a random stair set and doing tricks down it. Like it's, it, I don't know. There's just something about it makes it, makes it feel really great. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing like with surfing. I'm super grateful because I, there's a ton of old dudes out in the water every single time I'll go surfing. So I'm super grateful that that's something I'll be able to do for the rest of my life. But oh, yeah. with skating, that you think? Oh, no it's it's a lot of impact i'm already experiencing yeah that. i've actually been i've been hurt for the past six months which really? has sucked yeah i've been trying to skate on and off i i like did something to my knees i don't know i thought i've gone to doctors they said it might be tendonitis or something i don't know what exactly is going on i want to get an mri but those are expensive yeah but i've been like skating on and off for the past six months with pain and then Pat, like three weeks ago, I was like, "All right, I just got to give it a break for a few months," mm-hmm. which sucks because like it's all that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess if I gotta, I gotta delay the gratification if I want to keep mm-hmm. skating. So there you go, pleasure delay. Yeah. That's the way yeah. to do it. The, the payoff sure. will be a lot better. Uh, I guess so. What <laughs> 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 sucks? Like, <laughs> I'll watch skate videos sometimes like i know nothing about skating i remember when i was a kid i tried to skate and yeah. i tried to ollie for a day and i was like screw this this sucks yeah, I, it's hard. I'm, totally, I'm never doing it ever again i don't think i've been back on a regular skateboard since yeah. uh but um i watched skater videos and those guys i think are some of the most impressive athletes there are because the acrobatics yeah. that they do while while having while also doing these crazy little like tiny little movements with their feet or however you do a trick with your board mm-hmm. and then you're doing this over some huge staircase and you're twisting your body you're doing some sort of contortion i don't even know what and then they fall from like 10 12 feet down a staircase <laughs> and then they get up and do it again right away yeah hundreds of times the craziest thing in the world like oh yeah and it hurts it would hurt so bad yeah it's a contact sport with the ground yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah no people people are literally ridiculous like it's it's almost inhuman the way that the way that people have accelerated skateboarding uh i don't the the most recent guy who won skater of the year Tyshawn Jones, he he did an ollie in New York City over like the subway stairs, like you know what? when yeah you know how when you go down into the subway there's like the stairs that go down and then they have like the the rails guarding it and stuff. He ollied over that whole thing from flat ground, which is like no ramp or anything. It's insane, like to Wait, jump over not, something that high. I'm not. Uh, I I don't have a picture of it. Explain it again. Uh, have you ever been to New York, New York City? Yeah, I freaking I can't live think there. of the right word. Just like the the way I live that, there. Yeah, you live. You're from New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> but just like from when you're above ground and you're about to go down the subway. Uh huh. You know the I can't think of the word for it. But just like, like the stair. Yeah, the if subway, you're going the down, 
Yeah, just the stairs, but then there's like walls around it. <laughs> you uh-huh. know what I mean? You ollied over so, one of them. Wait. So when you're oh, I can't think like of- when you're standing on the street uh-huh. and you see the stairs that go down underground. Yeah. And then they have those two almost gates or walls that surround Sorry, the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's that thing. Okay. Well, yeah. But it's how just, high it's is just crazy. I don't know how high it is, but it's at least like I don't know, four or five feet. Maybe. And then he went, maybe maybe like then, four feet. I don't and know. And then he went over the gap. He, he went, went over, over both the of gap. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's he cleared insane. it by a lot. Yeah, That's it was on Thrasher. Crazy. It was on one of their covers. That's legit. Crazy. I'm gonna look that yeah, up. No. Look that picture. Yeah. Look up cool. Tyson Jones. Tyson Subway Jones. Subway That's a sick name. Tyson. Yeah. No. He's from New York too, which to be like that good at skating is hard because New York has a bunch of crusty spots. Crusty. Like, what does that mean? Like rough, rough road, rough sidewalk, hard okay. spots to skate. Yeah. Not like intuitive. You have to be kind so of creative. Not, okay. So New York yeah, City like is not a skater friendly city. No, I mean there's definitely some good spots, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's a very rough city to skate. California, you've got a lot of like really nicely paved roads and sidewalks and. You know, nice rails and just spots that have a have good run ups and stuff like that. So I'm not saying it, it's still it makes it easy, but it definitely makes it more accessible to get better. Yeah, I would say. Uh, yes, that makes a ton of sense because with surfing, it's hard to get good at surfing on Long Island. Um, yeah, exactly. Because it, like it's so much more easy to get, uh, it's so much easier to get better at surfing in California than it is on Long Island, and then it's so much easier to get better at surfing in Hawaii than it is in California. Uh, yeah. Like, there's levels to it. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, the, I do like riding a longboard, and this is a funny story. At school, at Liberty, uh, you know the freaking, what is it, the parking lot in the back? It was, uh, what's it called? The hill? Not the hill. Um, uh, the pit. pit. The pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my fun, friend Isaiah, we would like have this kind of lap that we would go around the whole campus and we would end at the pit. And mm-hmm. there was this one time I was, he was holding a phone and we, he was recording us go through the pit. And I liked going through the pit because it was gradual enough where you could still feel really comfortable, but it was sketchy enough because there was cars everywhere and then it made it exciting because you were like, oh yeah. crap, I don't want to hit these cards. Well, I don't want to hit these cars, but you still felt comfortable enough to do cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he's recording us and then out of, like on the last minute, he tells me to turn down uh, one of the, like, the car aisles um, instead of the one that I was intending to turn down. And so I had to turn a lot quicker than I thought I had to. But he was like, yo, turn, turn, turn. And I was like, okay, I did it. And so I turned (laughs) and then I went smack right into a parked car. And and as I was approaching this car, I was going fast. And as I was coming up to this car, I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, my thought was I'm about to get really hurt. Um, mm. because I was going fast and I was just going right into a car, but I put my arms up and I just hit my elbows into the, or like I hit my forearms into the car and, and I was good. Like I didn't get hurt, uh, but I was just like a little shocked and I picked up my board and I started walking away and then I didn't even look at the car and I started walking away and then 
my conscious spoke up and it was like you gotta look at that car he's like you gotta (laughs) look at that car and i stopped for a second and i was like if i turn around i'm now responsible but if i keep walking i can claim ignorance and and then i was like oh i gotta do it so i turned around I wish you were here right now and I could show you the picture of this car. The oh, whole front of this car looked like it got hit by another car. No and way. I, it was incredible. It was incredible how much my body damaged this car and how little damage it did to me. Like I was truly shocked. Like the next day I woke up and I felt kind of hurt. So I think my adrenaline was just going a little bit. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. Like, I was, it was outstanding how messed up this car was. And I was like, oh, shoot. And the crazy thing is, my friend, he was recording us. He got it on video. Like, out of the the corner of the video, you see. He got you running into the car. Yes. You could barely see it because he went down, like, the next uh, turn. But you can see me in the corner of the video just smack into this car. And then the siren goes off um, as soon as I hit it. Um, But then, like, the whole front right of this car was just all dented in. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, I got to leave a note. Uh, And I left the note, wrote my name, wrote my number. But I never got a call. Really? The person was it an old car? They were just like, I no, don't care. No, new car. It was like a new, newer SUV. What? How did you? As an SUV, yeah. I was picturing like a Corolla or something. No, yeah, SUV. Uh, like a tiny SUV, like a Kia type of car. Uh, yeah. And never got a call. And I chalk it up to two things. One, it could be because when I was walking away from that car, I was thinking for some reason. I had the feeling that I wasn't going to get a call for some reason. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I really don't think I'm getting called and I don't know why. Uh, But then, and so maybe there was something maybe there was this crazy coincidence. Maybe I got this uh, premonition and it was true. That could be a thing. Or what's more likely the thing is that the next day, uh, which I also knew at the time of me hitting the car, I knew that it was going to rain a lot the next day. And so what could have happened was my note got damaged <laughs> by the rain and uh, there was my name and my phone number were no longer legible. And I mm. was not able to be called in that way. Or it got washed away. <laughs> it got washed away. Yeah, it got washed away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Went on someone else's car and they were like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't see any damage. <laughs> and then the third thing that came into my mind, I was like, maybe that damage was already there. Um, but then I was like, I really don't think it was because why would the siren go off that loudly uh, if I didn't cause that damage? Mm-hmm. And so, but that was one of my luckiest moments in life. I was super happy about that. Dang, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, you get fast going down the pit. Yeah, dude. Anything like take so many different <laughs> angles. Uh-huh. It's fun. Uh, Shane. Yeah. I I love your music. And I'm Thanks, not just man. saying that. Like it's legitimately so good. And I was listening to it uh for a while today. 
And really? I was literally right before this podcast, I was dancing to to Bojet. Is that oh, that's that's not that's not my song. What? It has yeah. your name under it, dude. No, I listen. Oh no, <laughs> I've got to Okay, listen. <laughs> so before I even started making music, right? Uh-huh. I heard this song. I listen to like a lot of SoundCloud because like they have like I don't know if you've heard of Lo-Fi Beats. They're kind of like a big thing now, but I used to study too, so I would listen to SoundCloud a lot and find that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and that was on like this one song that was actually a tape of different songs. So it was like a 30 minute song with different songs like being showcased throughout. And that song was on there. And I looked in the description and saw that the name of that song. Um, and I, uh, I looked it up on SoundCloud because I wanted to add it to my playlist and it wasn't on there. And so I was like, oh, the artist must have deleted it. I'll just put it back up. So I go on YouTube and I download it and I put it back up on the SoundCloud solely for the purpose I could put it in my playlist. Uh, um, this is before I even had like considered making music, uh, um, and then I put it on SoundCloud. And I, I could, Bojet is the artist. That's why there's yeah. Bojet hyphen oh, the song. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was like too tight. I thought it was like a second title. I thought it was a hyphen no, no, title. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my bad. My music's but, not that good. <laughs> No, dude, your music is that good, especially uh, freaking. Am I pronouncing it right? Op- Opus, Opus ninety eight. Oh, Opus ninety eight. Yeah, that was the first song I actually wrote. That was like yeah. two months after I put that. And that that one song, that Bojet song, because it's like a well known artist and it's a song that people want to hear on SoundCloud. That wasn't up there anymore, and I'm not making any money off of it, so it's not like I yeah. I stole the artist's song. Like I yeah. I I you know give him credit and stuff like that. But uh-huh. um, like two or three months after that, I was like. Because I've been playing piano for, like, four years now. I self-taught myself when I was in 11th grade. And, like, I, I loved it. And I used to be, like, just as into it as I was into skateboarding now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I could never write music. Like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know anything about music theory. I don't know what sounds good. I could never do it. Um, and then, so I just kept learning songs. And then, you know Patrick? Patrick Nyman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... Him, him and this other dude, Skylar Fusco, uh, last fall, like last September, or yeah, like last September, they're like, yo, let's make a band. So we had like this one day thing where we were like, oh, we're going to do a band. We like went to a practice room and we were like messing around with stuff. And I was like, okay, I can kind of like, kind of like figure something out on the piano. Um, and then we never actually ended up doing anything with that. But after that, I was like, hmm, maybe I could write a song. So I like went into yeah. a practice room and started to try to figure out some like, notes i just found a key that i liked um and then i just tried to find some notes that sounded good and like kind of um could emulate what i was feeling at the moment because like i don't like just making music that doesn't describe like or doesn't isn't like a sound uh, a sonic version of what is going through like my head (laughs) at the time um so i would like try to emulate that and i was kind of surprised at like how it was working <laughs> and then the song just kind of like i don't know it just happened yeah it's dude i mean weird. it's beautiful the song and the piano is amazing in it thank you what is what is opus what does that mean opus um, opus opus is a way to catalog music um so it was if you see like if you listen to classical music like you listen to chopin or least or like back to um like bach you know they have like opus nine 
number four or something like okay. that like it's just a way of categorizing different music because okay. different kinds of music have different like um different motifs and different like compositions so mm -hmm. like you could have like uh chopin for existence you could have an etude which is kind of like a technical piece and then so etude is like this broad range of pieces that he composed that are all tech very technical um and then within that you have an opus which is kind of like uh, a more a subcategory and then you have the numbers within that so like for chopin's etudes you have opus 10 and 25 and then you have like numbers one through whatever mm -hmm. so for me that was it was kind of like in a i don't know just kind of like a, a rt thing i guess where i just like used opus and then stuck a random number yeah <laughs> the number That's doesn't cool. really mean anything <laughs> you know a lot about music uh, for yeah. somebody who, who so for somebody who said i don't know anything about music theory you just said a lot about well music theory is is different than it's different than I that yeah i whenever i first started teaching myself piano um i got really into classical music like really really into it um mm -hmm. to the point where like six months after i had started learning piano i tried to like learn a really difficult piece that you probably couldn't even touch after playing for 10 years and i ended up hurting myself <laughs> really <laughs> Which, yeah um seems to be a theme with things that i i that pick up doing. with skateboarding i tried a really yeah. hard trick and ended up <laughs> getting a repetitive knee injury but how did you um, hurt yourself playing piano so i i would practice before that i would practice like an hour a day maybe and I like wasn't trying anything super hard like I was always trying to push myself because I wanted to learn some songs but I was never like doing anything crazy um but whenever I was like okay I want to learn this song I got obsessed with the idea of being like six months into the piano and learning this like really difficult song mm -hmm. um and the song just if anyone wanted to actually look it up is uh Chopin's Etude uh 10 number one which is like one of the hardest piano pieces ever composed, which I didn't necessarily know at the time. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to grind this out. Started practicing four hours a day for like two weeks. Um, like I was just obsessed with the idea of learning this song. But the other, practicing, going from one hour to four hours a day is a drastic difference. Like I didn't ease into it at all. And I was going like ham. Like I was yeah. like really trying really hard. I was putting a lot of stress on my hands. And then on top of that, I had I had like a, a normal weighted keyboard, like a full size. Um, but my piano bench was like this really crappy chair with armrests. And my uh -huh. my wrists were bent, so my elbows were below the piano, which is not good posture okay. at all. Especially if you're spending four hours a day doing something uh -huh. technically technically demanding. Uh -huh. Like that's gonna that's gonna hurt you. You're gonna hurt yourself. So I don't know what I got. It was some kind of repetitive stress injury. Um, yeah, and I had to chill off a of piano for like months after that, and then I really? probably, I, yeah, I see this, it's just the same thing that keeps happening to me whenever I do yeah. something. Um, and then eventually, like, probably like five or six months later, I started easing back into it, and, I, and I'm fine now, like, I don't have the injury anymore. So, I'm hoping that the same thing happens with skating, but yeah, did you ever get that song down? No, no, I had to get that up. I remember I was in 11th grade, and I was like. Um, it was the summer, and I was like posting on like the piano subreddit, like I'm gonna learn this song, and everyone's like, "Dude, you're an idiot! You're not gonna learn that song. You're gonna hurt yourself." And I was like, "I'm gonna prove you wrong." And then I just hurt myself, and then never touched it again. But I, it definitely, it definitely humbled me, which is good, I guess. I guess, I guess these like injuries that I get are ways for me to be like, 
my body's telling me like okay you need uh-huh. to chill out like you're not as good as you think <laughs> you <need laughs> chill adverse, out adversity it. like that is the best teacher yeah for sure for sure because i definitely i definitely need like some to get down to earth with mm-hmm. piano and with skateboarding i wasn't like stretching or i was skating too much every day like yeah definitely wasn't sustainable do do skaters stress is that a is that an uncool thing for for skaters for to do yeah, I feel like for a lot of the, for a long time it was like it's yeah. simple enough. You don't stretch. We just get clips and then like uh-huh. party all night. Yeah. Um, but I think recently there's been some big skateboarders that've been getting really into health, like Neen Williams, who used to be like all about the party life, and he's like, I can't live like this. Like I want to skate yeah. as long as possible, and I can't be like not stretching, not working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it. I don't. I don't. A lot of skaters don't really stretch but i think it definitely is something that is getting more necessary like people are seeing it as more necessary yeah which definitely after you hurt yourself you're like all right i need to stretch all the time stretch yeah Yeah. i don't get it's the same thing with surfing too it's like if somebody catches you stretching on the beach like you're gonna get laughed at and it bothers me so much because it's for a long time exactly and it's like you would stretch like if those if that same skater decided to go for a run Mm -hmm. he would probably stretch before that run right yeah but it's just something to do with the skating mentality surfing mentality like when you're doing that thing it's like nah we don't need to do that stretching for pussies like what are yeah 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 uh, it's also like working out in tangent with stretching like you need to be in shape because skating isn't gonna like it's not gonna build your quads it's not gonna like give you it's not gonna help your core get stronger so you're, you're more explosive you know it's not gonna help you be able to build muscles that you need in order to support all the impact so it's like working out constantly like probably as much as you skate is gonna help a lot also mm-hmm. which i did that for for a, a decent amount of time but then i stopped last spring and then that's when i hurt myself which is a shame but dang wait so you hurt yourself uh when you stopped stretching you said yeah well yeah last spring semester i I did not stretch that much Uh i did not work out as much um and but i was still skating like more than i was previously uh and then may at the end of the semester i was like super excited for summer i was gonna have like no responsibilities just work and then I was going to be able to skate all the time. And then, like, literally, like, the weekend before break started, I hurt myself. And I couldn't skate all summer. I haven't really been able to skate since then. But it's just another lesson, I guess. You hear that, people? If you're listening, <laughs> stretch. Make sure to stretch. Yeah, stretch. Whatever you do. It's important. It's important. Yeah, see, there we go. Stretch, uh, eat apples. <laughs> Dude, there's no apples in Thailand. It gets me upset. What? No apples here. And the apples what? that they do have are really bad because they have to get imported. They have no apples. No apples, dude. Like they're yeah, not sure. here in Thailand. It's or like they don't have a lot of apples here in Thailand. It's the same thing. Like in America, they don't have the fruit that's prevalent and grown here in Thailand. Like here, we have lots of dragon fruit and all these different fruits mm. that I have no idea what their names are. Uh, but like we sometimes will have dragon fruit in the grocery stores in America. Um, just like yeah. here, sometimes they'll have apples but they kind of suck just like i'm sure the out the dragon fruits in america would kind of suck i've never had it in america i've only had them here and they're freaking delicious um yeah. they look like so a, an alien egg they do it's exactly what they look like 
Yeah. Especially like on the outside too, and then you peel it open, and there's purple and white ones, and the purple ones are beautiful. Like I want to paint my my room with the blood of this purple fruit. It's so delicious, dude. And the purple is so vibrant. It's so mm-hmm. good. There was this one time I rubbed it on my face like a war paint because I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was I was I was pretty lonely that day, so I was feeling a little bored, and so I was like, all right, this is this is how I'm gonna entertain myself. Go um, pick on some savages. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> But like that's how they used to make, uh, like they would they used to make um, things. They would turn things different colors. Like that's the way they would use it for. They would they would use they would take different plants or different fruits and they'd grind them up and squish them up and then they'd paint things with them. Mm. Um, that's what they used to do. And then that so I was just continuing the tradition. Um, but which I want to know which which musicians do you pull do you pull the most inspiration from, if any? Like if if when you listen to an artist and you're like that's who I want to sound like. Do you, mm-hmm. do you have that? Yeah. Um, so the stuff that I've kind of been making, I started out making like lo-fi beats and I would take inspiration just from, do you know what lo-fi beats are? Do you want me to explain them? Sort of, yeah. I know it a little bit, but yeah, but definitely explain it. They're just like, well, lo-fi is, just means low fidelity. So it's like intentionally bad quality. Like they will be like fizzing in the background or like warped samples or just okay. like yeah just like bad quality but not like bad to the point where it's unbearable to listen to like bad where Uh it's kind of like in a good way um Uh so it's like this big thing now where it's like lo-fi hip-hop beats where they'll sample like old songs or they'll sample all different kinds of stuff and then put like some kind of melody over it and just make like a good sounding beat and it just sounds interesting um so i got into that stuff when i was like a freshman i started listening to it that was like two years ago um and I was like, wow, this is pretty good. And then I wrote Opus 98, which was a piano song, which was inspired mm-hmm. by uh, a lot of like modern piano artists like uh, uh-huh. Joe Bebbing and um, uh, who's the other one? John Michael Blass or something, some French guy, but I loved his music and I wanted to like kind of incorporate some of those motifs into my music um, that they use. Uh, so that was the piano, but then when I first started making lo-fi beats, uh, I had the idea that I just wanted to like randomly make music. So I got like a MIDI keyboard for Christmas and started making lo-fi beats. And that was inspired by just like the stuff I'd heard on SoundCloud. Um, Mm -hmm. But more recently, my most recent song I released was, was, it's still technically lo-fi, I guess, but it's not a beat really because there's no drums or anything. Um, It's kind of just more like a, I want to say like experimental ambient kind of song um yeah is it cosmic microwave background yeah 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 Yeah. um and that's that's kind of i took inspiration from this uh artist aphex twin for that song he's got like a lot of weird electronic music that like i'm sure a lot of people love but i just don't really like get into it but then he has like these songs which are like ambient songs or they're just like piano and they're like some of the most beautiful things i've ever heard like he's got this one ambient song called rhubarb um which i took a, some inspiration for um for that most recent song and I, I don't know just like the the soundscapes that he creates and the feelings that his his music gives were like something i was like okay i want to do something not exactly like him obviously but i want to do something similar yeah like that um and it just kind of puts you puts you in a place like the the last segment of the song was kind of where the guitar comes in and the and I put a lot of like reverb on it to make it seem kind of like mm-hmm. distant 
I was kind of like imagining this, you're just sitting in this room, this like white room and the sun's like leaking in through the, the window and there's birds chirping and there's like a lush forest outside. And it's just, I don't know. That was just kind of like the picture I had. So yeah, I'll just get like, I'll get a lot of pictures from other music and I'll try and like a, a way that I'm interpreting it. And I'll try to put that into my music kind of. That's good. I mean, that's when I listened to Cosmic Microwave Background, that's the first song that I ever heard of yours. And yeah. once uh, like the two minute mark happens, uh-huh. it, it brings me to a different place, dude. It's phenomenal. That's, yeah, like, that's, that's the, what I'm trying to do. So it's so it. good. Like when I because I, I know nothing like when you say motif or uh like or the composition and these different words like i have no idea what any of them are i don't understand music at all uh Uh but i love it so much uh and that's what music does for me it takes me to a different place and that's why i think i love it so much um because it affects me so much and when i heard cosmic microwave background it brought me to a different place like the same way my favorite artists do like mm. the the music that i have on my the music that i pay for like not even the music that i stream like the music that i'll buy intentionally that's mm. what uh your song did and when wow. i when it first put me there i was like what the heck is this i was like no way uh because that the second part of that song like right around the two minute mark sounds very different from the first two minutes of the song mm-hmm. um and then it just it, like it sneaks up on you and you or at least it snuck up on me and i was like what the heck where did this come from uh and then and i liked the the contrast between i don't even know if you could call it like the first part and the second part i yeah, really no, like definitely yeah there are two parts to it the contrast to it i don't know why i liked it uh but it just uh it felt it felt cool. It was like, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, mm. <laughs> so there's this drink that I get at Starbucks. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called the Undertow. And so it'll be cold milk. Uh, so it'll be cold milk. And then on top of the cold milk, hot espresso. And you take it like a, you drink it like a shot. Um, yeah. and it's, it's only like a few ounces of liquid. And you take it like the shot, and the first thing you taste is the strong, forceful, hot espresso. But then as yeah. soon as that goes down, it's followed with this just beautifully sweet, soft, mm. and uh, chilly and cold milk. Um, and I love it. It's my favorite thing. Like If I'm in a hurry and I just really got to get jacked up, that's what I'll get. And, <laughs> uh, and I love it. And when I listen to your song, that's what it reminded me of. Um, the, the contrast between the two but for real i really like that song and so what why like what is that in the music world or at least in this song like what is the purpose or why did you have those two parts of the song that were so different from each other it was almost like two songs yeah yeah so the past two songs i've been doing i've been like kind of interested in that idea of having like a transition into another part of the song um so the one before that was Shallow Dreams, where I had another transition yeah. from like a more lo-fi beat into like piano, and there's some guy talking about like quantum mechanics in the background uh-huh. or something like that. Um, yeah, that song it just it just stops, and I was like, oh, song's over. Yeah, you think it's and over, then, and then it and yeah. then it slowly builds back up. Um, 
I don't that that just really interests me because I think it's like I don't know you don't really expect that from music uh-huh. like you expect it to be the same so I like to kind of like build the first part into the second part and then there's also there's with those two songs I've had like some kind of underlying meaning behind them okay. like with cosmic microwave background um the first part I worked at the library this summer um and like I would work really early mornings like I would it wasn't super early but I'd have to get up at, like 6 30 and be there at, like 7 um and I would be sitting like in a in a on a, at a desk with a computer and like no one's around me and like it's just like the humming of the library and I actually like recorded some of that background noise and put it in that song oh, and that's kind of like that's, that's cool. kind of like yeah that's kind of like what the song is about like um it's like life background because like when I was sitting there in the silence in the in the library I'd always hear this chord play in my head uh-huh. I don't I I can't really explain like what what it felt like but i tried to like emulate that chord like it's just like a single chord playing like when you're sitting in silence in like somewhere and it's just like the background of what's going on there yeah and then i know what you mean yeah um and so that's like uh the background radiation of life i guess because the cosmic microwave background is uh radiation that supposedly is still like discernible in the universe today that comes from the big bang like mm-hmm. from the first like inception of the of the universe mm-hmm. um and so like for me that's like the life radiation that like permeates every moment so like when you're just sitting still and not necessarily doing anything like you there's that radiation there all the time and then it transitions into this like i don't know i guess the second part is kind of like the motion you know what I mean? Because it starts to pick up. Mm-hmm. So it's like the in the stillness into the motion kind yeah. of, which is I don't I see whenever I whenever I make music, I'm trying to I'm not trying to like sound pretentious or anything, but um, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to put what I feel that I can't put into words into the music, which doesn't always come across for me. Like it's it's hard to do that, but that's my end goal is to do that. Well, I mean, the the connection between and all the 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 significance and what you've done in the creation of this song is pretty amazing. How like because I I didn't understand it at all. I had to look yeah. up. I've heard of cosmic microwave background before, but I had no idea what it was. I had to uh-huh. go and and look it up to see exactly what it was. And I was like, why is the song called cosmic microwave <laughs> background? I was like, how does that have anything to do? with this song and then the connection between the sound that you'd hear at the library and how that was the background noise and how the cosmic microwave background uh resembles the the chord that uh we all hear is 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 really creative it's really like well thought out that's super cool i because i wanted to ask you about the the uh the the name of this song and and how it connected uh mm-hmm. and that's a freaking really cool answer yeah thanks man yeah i usually i don't know i usually like we'll just put stuff out and not kind of explain it 
<laughs> which I kind of like because it kind of makes <laughs> yeah. me feel like I've got like this secret to myself. Yes. So it feels a little weird to have just told that. So I don't know if you can oh, you can put this no. podcast out. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um, I I do that too. I have little secrets for myself. What uh my tattoos. Those are oh, those yeah. are my because no really most people don't know that I have unless people follow me on Instagram they won't know that I have tattoos. So like everybody mm-hmm. who I work with has no idea that I have tattoos. Um, and it's just like they're my little secrets that nobody knows about, and all to the point where I'll even talk about tattoos like I don't have tattoos, and yeah. so like I'll ask people, I'll be like, oh, what do the Thai people think of? tattoos and then sometimes a Thai person will answer they'll be like oh tattoos those are just for they really they are just here in Thailand they're just for monks and Mm -hmm. uh like gangsters and so sometimes we'll be like people will be like yeah I hate tattoos they're really they're only for the gangsters bad people get tattoos and I'll be like Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely (laughs) I agree Uh, (laughs) um but I love having those little secrets with yourself. I don't know what I love about it, but I love it. Yeah, no, tattoos. I mean, I'm really interested in tattoos also. I haven't really, I have like a stick and poke on my ankle, but that's it. Tight. But I would like to get like an actual, what? That's tight. That's dope. I don't think so. Yeah. No, I got it from my, my friend. You know Stephanie Mirza? I know the name. Why? She used to go uh, to Breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she still does. Um, yeah. Yeah, she I gave it to me name. like a month and a half ago. I'm so. gonna have to look. Stephanie. <sighs> She's got like the the really curly blonde hair. Or no, she oh. didn't, I think she had brown hair. She has brown hair now. I think she did when you were like pretty like, short, yeah. small person. Kind of like a little fro. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. No way. She gave you a stick and poke. <laughs> yeah, she had like needles and everything that she bought from Amazon, and like she used gloves and stuff, and had like actual tattoo ink. For it real? hurt. It hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I thinking of the right person? She's pretty. She's really fair skinned. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like really, like pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I would have never thought. <laughs> oh, she's pretty hip. She's cool. Yeah, look at that. That's cool. Maybe yeah, I hope put I think a little of smiley right face. Person. It's just a little smiley face, kind of like the ones you see on the Chinese bags that say yeah. "Have a nice day." Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> it's just on my ankle. I think it's kind of cool. My mom wasn't too happy, though. That's really cool. Uh, <laughs> she hates tattoos. I freaking love tattoos. I'm yeah, getting I definitely want to kiss. I'm getting another one on the 30th. Yeah, on the 30th. I'm getting one in Bangkok. What are you getting? You I'm getting... Yeah. Uh, I'm getting... Oh, wait. By the time this podcast comes out, I will have already had it. I will have gotten uh, it by the time this podcast comes out. So, yes. So, everybody... I have a tattoo, a new tattoo, uh, <laughs> it, and so it's uh, sure. it, you know Andrew Lennon actually designed it for me, and yeah, he's been doing that. He did Patrick's one. Patrick has one on his arm that Andrew did designed. Oh wow, yeah. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I, Andrew's gonna be on this podcast too. Uh, oh really? I, he's I think he's he's gonna be the shout guest out Andrew after you. Um, oh really? And it's funny. Because we started off this podcast, we're talking about how girls do so much cooler stuff than guys, but my next two consecutive guests are guys. Uh, so Andrew does really cool stuff. Yeah, he does do cool stuff. So yeah, he's we're actually gonna record on uh, on Monday. Um, yeah, and um, so it's so you know we we we've talked about space, um, mm. and 
I really like. All right, so me in Thailand. I'm in Thailand right now, and I live mm-hmm. near an airport. And planes constantly fly over the my house, and uh, one of the like my boss basically. Uh, I was talking to him. I was like, I was like, hey, I didn't I had no idea we live right so close to an airport. I was like, the planes come over all the time. It's crazy, and they fly so close. It's insane. Um, yes. And he was like, he was like, yeah, I know, but he was like, I want you to look at it this way. Every time you hear a plane come over have that be a reminder of why you're here. And mm. so now every time I hear a plane, it's, it brings me back to reality. It brings me back to why I originally wanted to come to Thailand. And so it's wow. a really cool significance to it because now like every time I hear a plane, that's what I think of. I remind myself, okay, why am I here? What am I doing here? What's my purpose here? What's like, what, what can I do here? Uh, even though there's lots of difficulties about being here, it kind of brings me back to to reality and and reminds me to take advantage as as much as possible uh, of my situation here. Uh, so that's the deal with planes. And so what I'm going to do is there's this. It's basically a plane flying through space. That's what yeah. the tattoo is. It's a plane mm. flying through outer space. Um, and one, the reason it's flying through outer space. Is just because I think space is dope, and that's it. Um, <laughs> and I think that's tattoos, a justified enough reason. Yep. And I think tattoos are cool. And I think I and the re- I wanted to get a tattoo that just looked cool because yeah. my ta- my tattoos have uh, meaning to them, but some of like the ones on my chest aren't really that pretty. And so I wanted to get one that looked just looks really cool. Um, and so half of the tattoo has meaning, but then half of it just looks really cool. And I'm pumped for it. Yeah, no, that sounds super exciting. And Andrew does crazy designs, so I'm sure yeah. it's amazing. He's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm getting that uh, in Bangkok. And one of my tattoos that I got in Costa Rica. And so oh. I like doing that too, getting, getting tattoos in different countries. And so yeah. we got one in Costa Rica. I'm about to get one in Thailand. And then I want to get one in Greece. Um, cause that's where my family lives. I've, well, that's where a lot of my family lives. That's where I've been traveling to from since I was a little kid. And so those okay. Costa Rica, Thailand, and Greece have done a lot in shaping who I am. And so, yeah. uh, so I like, I want to be able to get tattoos from those places. Yeah. It's like a souvenir that you never lose. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. You get sure. it, Shane. Come on. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm with it. <laughs> Uh, and now, like to to have the name of that song be "Cosmic Microwave Background," um, you must have a pretty decent, well, at least, fascination or interest in in space and the the origins of humanity and the origins of the universe. Is that is that true to say? Yes, that is true. What what like <laughs> what what pulls you to that? Like what pulls um... you so interested in that stuff? I guess I don't know. Since I was a kid, I've always been really interested in like space. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this like book that I would constantly check out from the library that was like about the universe and had different pictures about nebulas and galaxies and stuff like that. And it was just always like the most fascinating thing I could ever conceive of to me. Um, and then when I grew up, I kind of like still had that interest. And in middle school, there was this one like I used to be a huge. I mean, I still am a nerd, but I used to be a huge, like, 
game nerd. Like I, I like built my own PC at one point um, right. just to play like computer games. And I used to play this this game called Kerbal Space Program, which was like this rocket simulator where it was like actual rocket science, like actual physics. And you like tried to build rockets <laughs> and go to other planets and stuff like that. And to me, that was like the coolest thing ever. Like it felt like you were actually like, you know, sending a hunk of metal out into space and having to do all this math in order to figure out how to get it to another, another like planet or something. Um, so that was like kind of what kept that interest alive. And then whenever I moved to Lynchburg, uh, I spent a lot of time, this was four, four and a half years ago. I spent a lot of time alone. So I started reading a lot. So I'd read like Carl Sagan and I would read, um, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm -hmm. And then, um, when I, uh, that was like mainly an interest in like astronomy and stuff like that. Um, but then whenever I was about to go into college, I started reading about like cosmology, which is like the origins of the universe and like grander on a grander scale than just like stars mm -hmm. and, uh, galaxies and stuff like that and why everything works. And I started reading this book called fabric of the cosmos nice. by Brian green. Um, and, and that it talks about all different kinds of stuff. It talks about like relativity and, and string theory and quantum mechanics and stuff like that. And just reading about it was like the most mind boggling feeling ever. Like I was just sitting in like a library reading it and being like, this is how reality supposedly, but it's also pretty proven that it works. You yeah. Know what I mean, so it's like, it's just insane to think about everything that goes on in the background, not even just on like the grand scale of the entire universe. Um, but also like on the subatomic scale of like things that compose everything that we know and like down to like string theory, which I don't know how much you know about string theory, but basically like everything is made out of tiny little vibrations of energy, which is like, and I, I, I am like not, trust me, I am not like well-versed in any of this. Like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know the physics Dude. behind it. I don't know the math. I just like reading about it. Yeah. Um, and it's Which just super interesting. That's what this podcast is about, man. Yeah. Two people talking about stuff that we don't really, yeah. aren't experts in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And I've, I've, since then, I've just been like reading about different stuff. It's just kind of like something that is like, it's just an interest of mine I've always had that kind of like I feed on the side. You know what I mean? You just know what? Something... I don't know how you can't be interested in it. I right? Don't I don't understand how people aren't interested in it either. And I think. I chalk it up a little bit to um, people not being able to see the stars as well as people did in the past. Because oh, yeah. I, I bet if New York City didn't exist, everybody who lived in New York, I bet you there would be, a, there would be more people who were interested in space if mm. they could see the stars as well as people did in the 1700s. Yeah. Um, and especially here in, uh, when I go to Bangkok, I was there in October, and I know somebody who lives in Bangkok. And when he came to Ubon, where I live, I just we were riding in a car together, and I just saw him just gazing up at the sky during the day. He was looking at it like a, he was a little kid, just looking up at the sky. And then he looks over to me, and he says, "I haven't seen the sky in months." And mm -hmm. I was like, "What?" And he was like, "In Bangkok, you never see the sky." He said, you never see the blue sky. Like, during the day, like, Bangkok is so polluted that you, don't, fog, yeah. you don't even see the blue sky. Wow. Um, so, literally, if you can't even see the blue of the sky 
in Bangkok, there's no chance you're seeing any. You're not. You're not. You're seeing a star. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that's really sad to me. I, that yeah, that, that's crazy. That's a place I could never. Bangkok, I could never live in. I could never mm-hmm. live in Bangkok. That would suck. Uh, not just because of the the pollution, but just because it's a crazy manic so poorly designed city. Yeah. Um, so I can never live in Bangkok. But I think you'll, I think you'll think this is interesting. I heard, so you said uh, something about how, like, we don't know for sure, but it's, it's pretty provable. Um, mm-hmm. I heard something the other day. Some uh, scientist said he was uh, having a conversation on a, like a, a talk show. And he said, well, in reality, we're all agnostics. And because he claimed, he said, I'm an agnostic atheist. And he followed that up with saying, we all really are agnostic if you really think about it. And Mm -hmm. he said that because nobody really knows. Mm -mm. Because we don't. Because we don't. Uh, and the people who listen to this podcast, I've said this before many times, I'm a Christian, uh, but I do like, and it, it blows my mind for people to say that they know 100% that this is exactly the way that it happened. Now it's awesome, uh, to have a hundred percent belief in your religion or whatever you practice, whatever. That's awesome. I'm not knocking that at all, but it blows my mind, and I totally disagree when people say that they know exactly how the origins of the universe were, um, because we don't, because there's even dispute amongst Christians how the biblical creation happened, and then there's, is, and then there's dispute amongst um, scientists of the Big Bang and how exactly it happened in that way. And so it blows my mind. It gets me frustrated when people from any party say that they know exactly how it happened. Because we yeah. don't. Because we don't. We don't. We don't have any idea. None of us were there. We'll never really. We might know. Technology might advance well enough that we'll be able to uh, know it with certainty, which would be really cool if we could know it with certainty. Yeah. It's just it, it's interesting because it can also get really meta, too, where it's like, sure, you don't know scientifically but it's like or you think you can know scientifically but it's like do you know like philosophy uh, philosophically or like epistemologically like do you know how do you know like like we were kind of talking about it too is like solipsism like how do you know you're not the only uh brain and everything else you around you is you're just uh, you're just imagining like i don't know it's super interesting it's it's weird that it can like deduct uh, all these different possibilities that and you, there's, it seems like there should be some way to know, but it's like, can you actually, you know, what I mean? like, what does it take to actually have real knowledge? Yeah. And I don't know. I have no idea. But the thing that gives me rest in my heart is that even if I'm completely wrong, and even if everybody, even if everybody's completely wrong, I'm still having a good time. So Yeah, exactly. That, that's all it, that matters. That's, yeah, exactly. Like, even if... I'm living my life completely wrongly and incorrectly, uh, but not in a way as in if I was doing bad things, if I was hurting people, that's a different story. Um, but even if my whole philosophy or my way of being is totally off, uh, then, I mean, you know, I'm still having a good time. And there's no yeah. way for me to really know about it. Um, You're processing and, the absurd in the right way. 
Yeah, and not work. Having a right, smile cool. on your face, no matter what. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you know what? Like, you know how the theory of that this is all just a simulation, that life mm-hmm. is just a simulation, um, of some sort. You know what that reminds me of? Have you ever heard of the allegory of the cave? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was. I was. I'm pretty sure it was Plato. And so the allegory of the cave is that from the the time that people were born, they were chained down, and their 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 eyes were fixated in a way that they can only look in one direction. Um, and there was a fire behind them, and the only their entire reality was the shadows on the wall. And they thought that that was real life. They thought that was reality, um, and they thought those shadows were what was real because that's the only thing that they ever saw. And so they were like, this is real. This is our life. That's those shadows. That's what reality is. Um, and then one of the prisoners gets let out and he gets let out into the real world and then he's blinded. He has no it because he sees the sun for the first time and he takes an adjustment period where he's in denial and, it, and it, the reality hurts him. And the, the, what's actually real is pain for this guy. Um, and then he finally adjusts, but then, and then he goes back and he adjusts and he sees how good it all is. And he goes back to the cave to tell the people who he was chained up with. And they all thought he was crazy. They were like, no, that's not real. They were like, this is real. This is what our reality is. This is what's, uh, what's actually out there. You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, but to them, those, the shadows that those people were seeing, that's what they thought was real. It reminds me of uh, what people are saying today, that this could be all just a simulation and what we're seeing could just be a shadow, basically, mm-hmm. uh, to connect the, the analogies that what we're seeing, our reality, the thing that we, the things that we can hold, the things that we can touch, the things that we claim to be real could just be shadows. And that's, that's what I think, the, that's why when people get so, are so like gung-ho about this new theory that everything could just be a simulation at least me and uh, correct me if i'm wrong i feel like the allegory of the cave and people saying that everything's just a simulation are really similar in their core so do you think the people who think it's a simulation are the ones looking at the shadows or do you think they're the ones who are out of the cave the ones they're looking at a shadow so like us saying if i said everything is just a simulation if I said, I think our life could just be a simulation, then I think it's the same thing as saying what the people's experiences were who were chained up in the cave. And the only thing that they could see were the shadows. Like the shadows are the simulation in this. The shadows are comparison. the simulation. Yeah. Okay. So, but then, but then that shows that there's something outside of the simulation that's even yeah. crazier. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Exactly. And so that's why I think those two analogies are very similar. Yeah, no, I see that, yeah. And then I don't think the, at least the, because now we think of simulations and we, because that's where our technology is. That's what's, that's what's in our culture is uh, simulations. But what was back then, uh, Plato, they didn't have simulations. They had fire and caves. And so Mm -hmm. I think the core of those two analogies are very much the same but we're just tell we're just reflecting them in different ways yeah no that's super crazy to think about um 
especially when you consider something outside of reality, mm-hmm. like outside of the physical reality, like there's no way anyone could ever actually know what mm-hmm. goes on there or even comprehend it. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, you get to a place in your head where it's a halt and you don't know how to, to, you can't imagine anything that you can't comprehend. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because like, I feel like if you, I feel like if you had never seen a tree before, um, or if you had never, no one had ever shown you a picture of of a tree, you'd never seen one, you'd never been told about one. Mm -hmm. I, you would not imagine a tree. You couldn't even imagine. You couldn't fathom what a tree was. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing, except like on a way, way bigger scale. Bigger scale. About how there's possibly what, 11 dimensions. Yeah. Well, that's what string theory says. It says. Well, it's mainly dimensions of movement, kind of like, um, so we live in a three-dimensional world, mm-hmm. or what we think with the fourth dimension of time, so that you move uh, back and forth, left and right, and up and down. Those are the three dimensions. And then basically uh-huh. what string theory says is that at the Planck length, which the Planck length is, um, if you were trying to look at something the size of the Planck length, it'd be like trying to read a book that's 100 light years away. And a hundred light and one light years like nine. I don't know the number. Like nine hundred, maybe nine trillion. I don't know something. something a really big huge. number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And that's like trying to read a book from a hundred light years away, which is literally insane. And that's uh-huh. how small, like apparently, these strings are that compose the reality. So basically, these strings vibrate in eleven dimensions. So they they move all around these eleven dimensions or the ten dimensions, and then the one of time. Um, okay. And then they vibrate at different frequencies, kind of like a guitar. You, you pluck a string and a, a different frequency produces a different sound. A different mm-hmm. frequency that a string vibrates creates a different particle, like a different quark or a different fundamental particle that then uh-huh. combines to create the next one, the next one, the next one. Then we get atoms and then we get molecules and then human beings. <laughs> so do you crazy. think there's, you know what I think? This is, we're going down the rabbit hole. I love it. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, you know when people have mental illnesses like schizophrenia and they have Mm -hmm. uh, delusions and they hear voices or they see things Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that and then psychedelic drugs when people take psychedelic drugs you hear things you see things um, or even you go to different places yeah your body yeah exactly yeah DMT perfect example Um, and so a thought that I have is that all those things that people see that people hear either when they're having delusions just because of their mental illness or when you take psychedelic drugs and you hear those things, you see those things. What I think a thought that I have and that I think it a lot is that those things that you hear and see could actually be there all of the time, but in our natural state, we're unable to hear them, we're unable to see them, we're unable to interact with them. But mm. when there's something wrong or off with the, the, the chemicals in our brain, either from having a mental illness or taking psychedelic drugs, it opens up your brain, it opens up yeah. some pathway to be able to interact with those things that are always there, but we're not able to interact with them in a natural state. Yeah, um, and so that's something that I think about a lot because yeah. I have uh, for when all the time when I was at university, I had a really close relationship with a guy who had schizophrenia, 
and he the stuff that he would tell me like when i would walk into the room or when i when i'd go hang out with, i would hang out with him on a weekly basis and like there would be times where i'd walk into the room and he'd literally just be staring at the wall in a totally different world like he had a pretty severe schizophrenia and he had a, a like a rap sheet of different mental illnesses and the stuff that he would tell me the stuff that he sees the stuff that would happen to him were so incredibly real for him that he would just for hours be able to interact with these things that I said or that I would not have any idea that they were there. He would have conversations with people. He would hear people. He would see people. He would have memories with people that weren't real, that weren't actually there. And so it just blew my mind. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I think that maybe all those things actually are there, but uh, we don't have the ability to interact with them in the natural. So it's I think it could be that, or it could be the other option of those things aren't there, and you're just getting high when you take psychedelic <laughs> drugs, or there's or there's just something wrong with your brain. So yeah, it could be one of those. It could, <laughs> it's interesting with DMT because like, um. It's like I've watched videos about it and stuff. I've never taken DMT, but um, if if you take a certain amount of hits, it will like. There's this thing where you're like in a tunnel or something, and you're trying to make a breakthrough. Uh-huh. And if you if you if you smoke enough of the DMT, um, or however else you take it, I don't, I've only heard of people doing <laughs> it with bongs. Um, but if you do, if you take enough hits. And then you'll break through and then you'll like meet God and then you'll be in this dimension that they call DMT land. And uh-huh. it's just like insane and like super surreal. Um, and then but once you come down, you only have like faint memories of it and you can't actually describe what DMT land was like. You, you can't find yeah. words to like put it, which is like insane to think about. And like like you said, like, I don't know if that's like that actually exists or it's just your brain like. hmm going crazy but it's 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 interesting to think about that that even exists in your brain for it to be able to to imagine something like that right and then yeah. there's also just like the the brain scans of like people on lsd and like how many more synapses are going in and the activity that's going in in their brain it's like it's pretty insane yeah psychedelics and are really interesting they're crazy interesting i i'm fascinated by them yeah, uh, and oh frick what was i gonna say um and so, well, and so the thing, like, it totally could be true that uh, those things are actually there, and you're getting your, you're going through these different pathways that are opened up because of this drug, and you're entering into a, a new land that's actually there, or you're just getting high. Like, it totally could be that too. And so yeah. we, we wouldn't have any idea. But uh, like, what we're, I'm using a MacBook right now to uh-huh. to record this podcast. There's a good chance. I wouldn't have this MacBook in the way that it was without LSD. Because Steve Jobs, he uh, credited a lot of his technological innovations to when he was a younger man and would experiment with LSD. And so I think that's pretty fascinating. Oh, yeah. LSD is huge in like the tech industry. Like um, in Silicon Valley, like the majority of people there microdose on LSD, like whenever they go into work, because like daily. Yeah, like because it's 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 it, like I don't know I I've never microdosed but from what I've heard it allows you to 
the synapses in your brain to allows you to make more connections and be more creative and also makes you feel like more appreciative of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, people will do that all the time in the tech industry because it helps them with problem solving uh, and and critical thinking and be able to come up with with ideas in order to be able to um, get the job done. You know what I mean? Or to, in order to innovate. So like, yeah, that's that's I can definitely I've never heard, I had heard that, but I can definitely see how that's that's true. Yeah. It's just crazy to think about that. I don't know. Microdosing is is another a whole other topic because it's not it's not enough about it you don't know about microdosing i know but i've heard about it and so i know it's just you take it a a smaller amount but i don't know like the technicalities of it or the details about how to do it or anything like that yeah it's just like from what i've read it's like enough you don't get the the visuals or like the like hallucinations or anything like that but it's enough to like Uh, it's like a heightened sense of awareness that you get from microdosing and i've never experienced this so i don't know how true these things are but i've read like yeah. several articles and, and and testimonies about people who microdosed and said how much more productive they were but also at the same time that how much more uh oversensitive you are to your surroundings mm-hmm. like how overstimulated you are like i remember reading this one article about this girl who microdosed for like several months and wow she was like really productive at work but she noticed that like after she could do like four or five hours of really hard work and then at three she was usually normally there till five but at three she was like uh, i have nothing else to do i can't do anything and she's just getting this limbo where it's like she's super sensitive to like the fact that she's not doing anything so she just leaves work earlier and then huh. like and then she noticed that her mental health was a little bit impacted by that so i don't know it's just it's interesting, interesting the state it gets you into yeah but, and now I think this is pretty pretty common knowledge amongst the people who who know me, and I'm not ashamed of it, or I don't hide it at all either. But I've done LSD before, and those mm-hmm. those things that like all you're saying, those uh, like heightened sense of like that heightened sensitivity was totally true. And I yeah. noticed like when I was on LSD, it was a really crazy experience, um, and it it really changed a lot of the way that I I think about stuff. Yeah, no, that's and, so interesting uh it would and the one of the weirdest things about it was it for something some reason everything just made sense to me mm-hmm. uh well it, it felt like i understood everything um and this was not a, a microdose at all um but that was one of the experiences that i had that i was at a i was at a music festival and it i felt like i understood how why the stage was placed where it was why (laughs) and it felt like i was connected to all of it and it was a really cool experience um and so i think once i for some reason ever since i was younger uh i've always been curious in psychedelics and then i had a phenomenal experience with psychedelics um and so i think it definitely fostered that interest for sure uh and so they still definitely they're so interesting to me it's crazy um and then that's where when i did lsd that's where i connected the uh possibility of when people have mental illnesses and they hear things and they see things and that maybe those things actually are there um the same way that maybe those actually those things actually are there when you do psychedelic drugs like dmt or lsd or something like that um and so we might not have we might not have our ipods 
and we might not have half the music that's on our iPods if it wasn't for LSD. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> we wouldn't have Sgt. Pepper. Music. For sure. <laughs> without without LSD. <laughs> uh what's the what's ha, now and i'm not gonna no, i'm not gonna put you on the the spot like that well i you know what i said it and you, you can not answer this question uh if you don't want to would you ever yeah. consider doing uh microdosing or experimenting in any way like that or are you kind of hands off with that and just want to observe it from an outsider's point of view yeah i'm um i'm probably more hands off when it comes uh-huh. to it, like I, I, I don't have any stigma against people who do it, but for me, I don't know. There, I just don't know how I would react mentally to it. It's something uh-huh. super interesting to me, and like I probably will continue to to do research on it. But where I'm at right now, it's like ah, I don't know if I should touch that stuff. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because it can it can be very powerful. Yeah. Um, so I just don't know if I would want to put myself in a situation where i would have like a bad trip or something like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i think that's probably a good move Actually, i don't know i have no idea no i shouldn't have said that i have no idea if that's a good move or not. trying to get I me know. to do maybe, <laughs> to do maybe that's a bad move no i'm not a uh, i'm not an advocate for psychedelics but uh i'm also not i'm also not an advocate for not psychedelics yeah so, no, i know what you mean uh i'm what is it bipartisan about it is that the correct word? Um, so. What's this? Tell me about this app that you're working on. Okay, so um, basically, it's an iOS app that it's a um, it's a messenger. So it's kind of like it kind of looks like any other like messenger app you would have, but it's a little bit different because I mainly started making this app so that I could because I'm a computer science student. I'm a mm-hmm. junior in the computer science program at Liberty right now. Um, and I mainly was like, I didn't get an internship last summer. So I was like, I need to build something that people can see. So they'll want to hire me for an internship because I would mm-hmm. like to have an internship my junior year, my junior summer. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to make an app. But like, I didn't really have any good ideas because like everyone's already done everything. And like, what is some like, you know, 20 year old LU student going to be able to create? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I wasn't like, I'm not like, I'm a good programmer, but I'm definitely not like as crazy as some kids are. So like, I wasn't going to create anything like super innovative. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you well, could. you know what? I, I maybe, I guess, but <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do saying, Yeah. I was like, I kind of want to do something a little bit different. Maybe like kind of catch the eye of a company. Um, just something interesting, not necessarily useful, but interesting. So basically what my, what my app is, um, it's called UR Messenger, and and what it is is it's a messenger, but um, you can only talk to random people. So whenever you're creating a conversation, uh, uh, it pairs you with a random person. But I I wrote 30 stories of characters that I came up with, and you each get paired a story, and you become that character. And I also drew like little sketches of the characters, um, and you talk to this random person. And you can choose not to do this, of course, but the point of the app is to talk to the other person as if you're a fake person. Yeah, and they're a character also. And then, so I thought it would be interesting to have two people who've never actually met in real life, don't know who each other are, don't know their names, don't know where they're from, don't know their age, don't know anything, their gender, whatever. But 
they're pretending to be these characters. So it's kind of like role play, even though I don't like that yeah. word necessarily, but right. it kind role of is. It's freaking awesome, dude. I guess. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, it kind of is like that. Because I just thought that would create like an interesting feeling to be to know like you're talking to someone who's not pretending to be themselves or maybe they are and they're just not using the app in the right way yeah. but i mean that's up to them <laughs> but and then on top of that i kind of wanted to like simulate a conversation with the real person because the the um, the biographies that i wrote i all like like these little quirky things that you would like find out about a person as you get to know them but then also there's there's this option to reveal something about your character to the other person um, and it'll notify them when you reveal that. And it basically is like something because we all have like these like inner struggles that we go through that aren't like super crippling. But, you know, they're just something that we like feel a lot like uh-huh. uh, maybe this person feels like their life is going too well and something bad is bound to happen or like they're going to lose their job or something like that. And they've been kind of struggling with that feeling and not being able to enjoy the present because of it, something like that. And then that changes like the dynamic of the conversation. It's kind of like if you were getting to know a person and you learn something about them, you know what I mean? Like as you get deeper into the relationship, so you can choose to do that. And then that also was like this motivation for me to like, maybe like just give this like platform to people to give emotional insight. I don't know if it would like, turn into that and i don't know if that would be something that is is you know what people would want to experience out of like just a random app on their phone but like it's there if they want it to and like maybe to just talk about emotional things that and not like super emotional like super depressing things or anything like that but just things that maybe they won't be going through they're not necessarily going through but they could like get some insight on or like mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know how well it's going to work i have the app like pretty much done i just haven't put it on the app store but that's like the basic idea so I was just trying to do something a little different, and I like did a bunch of art for it, even though I'm not that good at art, but <laughs> I tried. Um, yeah, that's 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 uh, that's the app I'm working on. Yo, Hopefully it'll be out after so. That's unbelievable! Like, don't doubt. Like, I'm not blowing smoke your way either. Like, that's <laughs> phenomenal. You think so? That's yes. I'm gonna get it. Like, that's so cool. For sure. Because that's definitely, and that's definitely a, a desire that people have. Uh, and mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of, it's paraphrased, but I'm pretty sure it's an Oscar Wilde quote. Um, and he said uh, that if you ask a man plainly something about his life, he'll lie to you. But if mm-hmm. you give a man a mask, they'll tell you the complete truth. He'll, he'll mm-hmm. be, uh, he'll be yeah. completely honest. And I'm I, that's me to a T. Like yeah. it's really tough for me to be really open and vulnerable about uh, vulnerable about things that are going on in my life with people who know me really well. Because um, because of course everybody has it, that's difficult for everybody. It's not just me. Uh, it's hard for everybody to be vulnerable with people. But for me, it's hard for me to be open with things that are are really tough in my life with people because then especially people with I, who I know, because I know they're mm-hmm. going to be there tomorrow. And I mm-hmm. know they're going to see me. And I mm-hmm. know that they're going to know that thing about me. And I'm going to have to interact with them, with them knowing this deep and dark thing that's going on in my life. And yeah. that scares the crap out of me. Uh, and that's the thing about, and I think that's really the underlying reason why I moved to the other side of the planet um, because 
everybody a lot of people told me when i before i moved and even during it they're like that's so crazy i can't believe you did that people use words like it, it was so courageous of you to do that blah 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 blah. Mm. it was so brave but to me it really wasn't to me this was the easy move uh to move mm. to the other side of the planet uh and that's what one of the reasons like when i go to hostels that's where I feel natural. When I'm around people who have no idea who I am and I yeah. have no idea who they are, that's where I feel natural. That's wow. where I, that's easy for me. Like that's my comfort zone is mm-hmm. being in a place where nobody knows who I am, being in a foreign country, being around people who I know I'm not going to see the next day. That's mm-hmm. my comfort zone. And so getting out of my comfort zone would literally be moving back to my hometown. That's getting out of my comfort zone. And so that app of having a forum available to be able to talk to somebody who you have no idea who they are is I if and I know if I'm that way, somebody else is like that way, too. Uh, And so that's going to be attractive to a lot of people. Thanks. That's what I'm hoping. I I just that that like anonymity kind of like you were talking uh-huh. about to me has always been super interesting in real life too like i i also feel like more alive when i'm around a bunch of people i don't know yeah um but also things that always interested me were were platforms like omegle or uh just random chat rooms even though like it can get kind of weird yeah <laughs> cuz people are going to be weird inherently uh-huh. yeah um it's just so interesting to think that you're connecting with some person you don't know over the internet mm-hmm. and to me it's like this weird human thing to want to interact with people you don't know and then now we have the capability because of technology and like they don't know anything about you you don't know anything about them and so i was yeah. like well let me take that to the next step you don't know anything about the real them or the fake them so like uh, i don't know that was just kind of like the and i had this idea when i was just like I feel like stuff like this just comes to me randomly. Like it'll just pop in my head and then I'll get like obsessed with it and then somehow randomly do it, even though I don't <laughs> think that I can. And then mm-hmm. I don't know. That's dude. It's phenomenal. Like I, I hope it takes off. Uh, I'm going to be a user for sure. It's Thanks, spelled. Man, I appreciate it. It's spelled with the letter U, the letter R messenger. Um, no, it's like you are messenger uh, and it and yeah i'll, I'll like definitely the word the whenever. word you yeah the word, the word you are, are. yeah right. maybe i should do it you are i don't know i haven't i haven't necessarily figured out the specifics of that i still have to draw the logo but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but that's 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 the app so it's like you are this person basically yeah. that's why it's called you are messenger uh, okay 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 uh it reminds me there was this one time at university at school uh there was this guy who was just sitting at a table and he put up a sign and he was like, tell me anything. I'll listen. And mm. so I was like, whoa, that's super cool. And yeah. so, and I had something like that. Nobody that I did. I did something that wasn't good and nobody knew. Uh, and I was like, I got to tell somebody like it was <laughs> nagging me. And but it was something that was not like not a good thing. So I didn't want to tell people, but it was just in me. and I needed to get it out. And so mm. I see this dude who I've never seen before ever in my whole entire life. And I was like, yo, here it is. This is the thing that I did. And he was like, all right. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I was like, thanks for listening. See ya. It feels better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
And so I think there's there's definitely a need for that for sure. At least there's a need for for me. And I think it's yeah. cool that you have the different uh the different storylines. Now, mm-hmm. like how how are people are gonna people are people gonna be able to choose their character? No, it's all it's all random. You can okay. choose your gender, and that determines the kind of story okay. that you're gonna get. Okay. But it's all there's thirty stories, and I'll eventually probably make more if, it, if people yeah, are actually using it. Uh-huh. But that was a lot <laughs> for me to do to write those stories. Oh my I mean, they're just like a paragraph, but I tried to put like some kind of creativity in them, which uh-huh. like creativity is hard to like be able to produce. So, and then I had to draw all of them, um, which they probably took like an hour each, which I mean isn't a lot, but that's like that's a lot. That's 30 hours hard. of work to draw. Yeah. And then I was just like kind of something I did on the side. So it took a long time and it's just like now finishing up. I just, I have to get it on the app store, which costs money. And I kind of am a little hurting right now, but uh, <laughs> I'll, have that. I'll have that at some point. That's awesome. Uh, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? I was going to ask a question about it, but with, with role play and <laughs> but what I said earlier about when I was like, dude, I'm totally down with role play. Like, I think that totally sounded sexual because role play <laughs> might be i think inherently sexual i'm not sure uh-huh. but uh yeah i feel like in some <laughs> minds definitely it's in some minds thanks shane <laughs> <laughs> oh, i mean <laughs> but that's not what i meant about role play but i think yeah, it's no, fun because sure. uh, i always when i i love when i meet people just making up stories about myself uh, like if I meet somebody like at a bar or a restaurant or even at school, I would do this all the time. Uh, like if I was talking to somebody on the bus, I would just make up these elaborate lies about who I was and what I was doing and mm. to see how long I could go with it. And it was the most fun thing in the oh, world. Yeah. That's exciting because stuff. It's awesome because like it's different than like I and I didn't feel bad about it because I wasn't hurting the person i wasn't lying to them in a malicious way yeah. like they have no idea and they were harmless lies it wasn't like i'm uh i killed somebody blah 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 it was like no i'm a zoology major and because i love lions like those are the different <laughs> little like little, little different like rabbit holes that i would go down with people and i love doing it because i just love to see how i don't think about them uh like beforehand it's just like it just comes spontaneously out of nowhere if i start talking to somebody and i'll just see how deep i can go with it and it's fun mm-hmm. for me because it's like a, it's an outlet it's an outlet to be uh to to be creative in an improvisational type of way and it's oh yeah hysterical for me so i love it and so the, the making up that role play and like playing along and creating your little story based on the story that you've already written and then just seeing what you can do with it is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. That was something that was really interesting to me to see like how people would be able to turn these characters into, and cause every person is going to do it differently. And then plus uh-huh. there's only 30 stories. So you're only going to have, you know, so many characters. So if you get the same one yeah. again, you know, you just make up a different story about them. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then it'd be interesting. Could, and then you could find the way like you can do like if me, if I was on the app, I would, could like develop the character in a certain way, see what works, see what really resonates with people, see if re- people respond oh, well yeah. to this different aspect of the story. Like that would be, for me, that would be a that's a home run, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping so. I I I when I first came up with it, I was like, um, I don't know the longevity of it. I don't know how 
if people want to use it a lot. Like some people might want to use it a lot, but to me, the most important thing was creating this like experience for people, even yeah. if they just experience it one time, just to get that feeling of talking to someone uh-huh. random and you're pretending to be a, a fake person. Just to have yep. that that feeling. That's what was like important to me when I was thinking about it. And so like that that feeling of connectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connection. Because that's what it's all about, man. Human it connection. It is what it's all about. It is what it's all about. And mm-hmm. and that's what what I think my next endeavor is is getting getting out of my comfort zone, uh, in going home. I yeah. think that that's my next. Either that or uh, going to Greece. Because yeah, as like I said before, that's where my family lives. I've always felt a connection to Greece, and I wanna, I wanna foster those connections and mm-hmm. and grow deeper roots than just traveling there once every few years for a month out of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, either going to Greece to uh, connect with humans or going back home to connect with humans is back to New is York. Next, is yep, back to New York is my next move. Uh, now, do you like Lynchburg? Yeah, I do like Lynchburg. Um, I do like Lynchburg. I'm from, uh, originally from a small town in Pennsylvania called Clarion. It was like an hour north of Pittsburgh. It's like uh-huh. 2,000 people when they're, and there was, it was a college town. There was like a small state school that was there uh-huh. called Clarion University. My dad used to teach there. Um, oh, no yeah, uh, but there was like 2,000 people without the school and like 6,000 when the students were in session. Um, <laughs> so it's like tiny and I hated it. Um, really because like there's there's not a lot of there wasn't a lot of open minds there like a lot of people okay, who are yeah. there like their their grandparents grandparents were there and then their grandparents are there and then yeah. their dad built a house there and then they live there uh-huh. and they work for their uncle's company and like there's yeah. i'm not i'm not dissing that kind of life at all like if that's yeah. if that is what you want then that's great but for, for me it, yeah. it was just very suffocating um and then we moved to lynchburg at first i was like i don't want to be here i want to go back to my friends but then I was like, and Lynchburg's not that much. Well, it's a lot bigger compared to Clarion. There's like, what, 100? Well, actually, maybe like 70 or 80K people who live here. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot bigger than my old hometown. So, um, and I've always had a dream to like move to New York, like just a big city and just like meet yeah. tons of people. Um, so that was, it was good for me, even though at first I didn't like it. I didn't like Lynchburg. I wanted to be back in Pennsylvania, which was what I was comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but then once I, started to meet people which took a while because i was very shy um but once i started to meet people i started to appreciate lynchburg um and it's definitely not not somewhere i can see myself living after college but Uh i can definitely appreciate it for what it's worth like the character of downtown is very interesting i don't know it's just like it's it's just like an interesting Interesting place is a good way to put it Mm -hmm. like there's nothing super special about it but it's just interesting it's an interesting place it's got it's that's the way I put it. It's hard for me to describe what Lynchburg was like. Me, I hate Lynchburg so much. Yeah. I could not <laughs> stand living there. It was like the, the day I left was the last day I ever want to be there ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about Clarion now. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but I hated it just for different reasons. Not because it's mm-hmm. inherently bad. It just didn't. Yeah. Didn't I didn't jive with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But like downtown Lynchburg, that's the best way to put it. It's an interesting place because the type that's of people you run quirky. into down there, quirky. Yeah, but it's quirky, but not, but in a 
it's quirky, but in a quirky way. Like, yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's not like your stereotypical quirky where there's like cool different there's guys there's like guys yeah with like short hair and long beards like it's not that type of quirky it's not the type of quirky where guys wear suits but with those like backpack climber like uh backpacks that are the people go hiking with like it's not that type of quirky it's weird it's it's got its own weird dude like i would I ask myself the question, where the heck am I? A lot here in Thailand, but I asked myself that question a lot while I was in Pittsburgh, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely do that sometimes, too. It's a, it's a strange place, definitely. Dude, if you move but, to New York, you got a buddy in me, for sure. Oh, yeah, dude, that would be awesome. Yeah, I've always wanted to move out there. I've got a lot of family up there, too. Nice. And then, like, New Jersey area bordering the city, so... The northern New, I really love northern New Jersey. As in, like, I love Hoboken. Hoboken. Yeah, I've got family in Hoboken. Hoboken. Paramus, Hackensack. Yeah, that area is really cool. Uh, And the coastal New Jersey is super awesome, too. I don't Mm -hmm. know much. I know a little bit about southern New Jersey and the coast and then the Hoboken area. Everything else, I have no idea what's there. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the places that I've been in Jersey are really awesome. They're really nice. I like it in Jersey. Yeah, Jersey City's on the up and up too. Right across. Is it? And yeah, they're building a bunch of like higher. My cousin lives there. Um, they're building a lot. It's gentrifying a lot for sure. Because a yeah. lot of people from there commute to the financial district the downtown. Okay. Yeah. So they're starting to build more. Mm-hmm. I was there. I I went to New York last summer to see family, and then I went there again this summer. And the building, the skyline has like completely changed in that time. Like, it's insane, the buildings that they're putting up. Mm -hmm. It's crazy crazy. how quickly it happens. Yeah, it looks completely different. It makes me, like, I don't know, geek out a little bit. Imagine what it's going to be like in, like, 30 years, all these super tall buildings in, like, a cyberpunk city. (laughs) Flying cars, robots, AI taking over. Uh Uh-huh. Crazy. From the Terminator Skynet or whatever. Skynet. Skynet, more like Apple. Yeah, or or Google. Yeah, or Boston Dynamic. They do a lot of weird stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Uh, They got those robots that can, like, fall over and get back up. Like, Uh I'm going to chill with that. They're the ones, man. They're the ones. I was listening to another podcast, and they were, but they, they, they proved that it wasn't actually happening. But Boston Dynamic, uh, like something came out that they were creating uh, some sort of artificial t- t- intelligence that got its fuel, got its energy from uh, flesh, got its energy from like dead animals or dead oh, any, no. any or dead, dead flesh. Demons. <laughs> yes, exactly. I forget they used some biological word uh, to describe sure. it, but. Literally, it was like they were like these. It just put the picture in the listener's mind of these some sort of AI robots roaming around cemeteries and digging up dead bodies. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. And so I think though the world is going to be very different in the next fifty years. Oh yeah, for sure. We're going to be on Mars in the twenty thirties. Yeah, man. It's crazy. That's be crazy. It's a, Imagine it's a watching the moon landing. Lot. 
and then imagine watching we get the, to Mars watch the Mars landing. I always got jealous of the people. I know, right? but we get to watch something we way better. Watch the Mars landing. That's, that's like sick. At least twenty times better. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And see, that's the thing. I like to have an optimistic view of the future. I am. I. It's a lot. It's a. It's a conscious decision that I have to make, but it's also a natural decision because yeah. I do think the world is getting a lot better. Um, but I think a lot of people, and sometimes me too, all fall into the trap of thinking that things are gonna be so much worse. Um, mm-hmm. At, uh, and I think so many people idealize the past and they make it better than what it actually was. Oh yeah, for sure. And it, it happens and all that, the time. And I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because I really think it, and it gets me so. It's one of the things that really frustrates me about the older older generation than us is that they always say that the past was so much better, and they say that America was this beautiful place, and that it was this there was this shining light, and it was this city that was set atop a hill, um, and they say America was this wonderful, wonderful place, but and that now it's going down the drain. And I think that's so preposterous. I think mm-hmm. it's it's just it's almost to the point of stupid because yeah. it, it's so clear that America has become such a better place in just the last sixty years. And so to say that America used to be something great and now it's something terrible is just is ridiculous. Yeah, like just look at crime rates, how they've decreased, yeah. and how jobs have increased, and. You know, we haven't gone through a Great Depression in how long. And, I mean, there was the recession, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of crazy, too, to think about. It's just, it's probably mostly partly nostalgia. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, because every older generation, like, our grandparents said that same thing to our parents. Uh, They said the same thing. (laughs) I'm not going to say the same thing. I'm not, because... You say that now, John. No, dude, I'm not. Because... <laughs> Mark my words. <laughs> but uh, it's oh, shoot. What was I gonna say? Um, that. Uh, dang, it was something about history and and how we always think it's things are getting getting worse or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't. I oh, and I think people think that I and, and but I, so the reason I think that people fixate on problems and they make our problems bigger than they actually are is because and that's why I think it comes from a good place and I think it comes from a good heart when people highlight problems and they make them bigger than they actually are because I think the underlying root of that is that people think that if we don't make these problems a huge deal then they're not going to change and so and so people will make our problems more dramatic than they actually are because of the fear that if we don't highlight them and if we don't make them a live or die problem then people aren't going to do what they have to to change the issue um Mm. even if it's not as severe as they say it is, they're making it. They're making it more se- severe, so that people will step up and 
fix it out of the fear of people not fixing it if it doesn't sound as severe as it. So you think uh, the older generation that comes from a good heart when they try and highlight our problems? No, I think the younger generation. Okay. I think the yeah, younger yeah. Generation Sorry, I that. missed that part. Yeah, because yeah. I was gonna say I think the older generation is kind of like a pride thing, where they're like, "Oh, yeah. we did yeah. things so much better than yep. you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you I have that... Did you have iPhones? <laughs> did you have self-driving cars? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just messing. <laughs> yeah, so I think the older generation is a pride thing, but I think the younger generation, like what you see in the news all the time, or uh, uh, the social justice warrior type people, like I think, and like those things are actual problems. Like we, America does have its problems, mm-hmm. but I think when people, uh, people accentuate them a little bit more than they are and they don't realize. And the problem with that is that they don't realize the good that is happening in this country yeah. too. They get too fixated on the problems. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's where it's, it, it gets bad. And I think that's when we need to dial it back a little bit and realize that things are getting better. Um, and so that we could be have a a positive outlook on what's to come instead of thinking that there's some sort of impending doom that's awaiting all of us. Oh yeah, there's all that stuff coming out about how like the Earth is gonna have a massive hole in the atmosphere by like 2060 or something. Yeah, that scares like, me though. Yeah, that is kind of scary, but it's also like how much of that is reality. And I think that we're also we're also definitely making a shift. Like, it may not be as fast as some people think we should do it, or maybe it's not as fast as we should do it, but there is definitely a shift where people are becoming more mm-hmm. energy conscious, yeah. uh, plastic, like, Starbucks is getting rid of plastic straws, like, uh-huh. that never happened, like, people didn't care about what they put in the air 40 years ago, I yeah. mean, maybe some did, but not compared to, like, the amount of effort that's going into, like, electric cars and stuff like that yeah. as it is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's 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 that's why yeah it's happening. Like people are becoming more conscious of what we need to do, and things are getting better. Like we mm-hmm. used to, like just put intense, insane amounts of just coal into the air. Yeah, can't do that anymore. That's not a thing. That's not Nobody, our fault that the atmosphere is terrible. <laughs> yeah, like, there's I mean, like fifty thousand coal workers in America left. That's it. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, I jobs, but thing. that stuff is toxic. Yeah. And so I do. I think things are getting better. Uh, but just because things are getting better, we we can't we can't overlook the problems that we do have. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's the that's the balance that I think it should be. Not yeah. oh my gosh, everything is terrible. We got to ditch the everything in the kitchen sink or whatever that phrase is. Uh, which I don't. I don't think we need to do that. I think we're on a pretty good track. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nice. Man, I have two questions that I ask every guest on this show, and I haven't asked you either of them. Uh, okay. And so the first Anyone? one, we're at, yeah, the first one, uh, and, I lo- and I love asking people these questions on the spot because I don't want them to be uh, rehearsed at all. But mm-hmm. the first one isn't really too tough, uh, but I think it's a very important question. It's a vital question to my life and to everybody who's listening to this podcast's life is what is what is your favorite song right now oh my right favorite now, song it, right now it doesn't have is, to be your favorite song of all time just be the because mine changes my favorite song changes all the time yeah uh so your favorite song right now my favorite song right now is to be one 
by Good Morning. It's Ooh. just an incredible piece of music to be one, not like number one, like one win one. Oh, W O N. Yeah. Whoa, big time. That's a big change. Yeah. If if you're gonna listen to that song, you might want to like find a nice like quiet place where you're looking over like a lake or something, and then just like think about life. <laughs> nice, <laughs> um, dude. It's an interesting cool. song. Why do you like that song? Uh, I don't know. It's there's like certain songs that I hear that just like, give me this like appreciation for life and this mm-hmm. like uh, it makes me feel the significance of things that are going on around me, and it also makes me feel like I'm in a movie, <laughs> which I really yeah, like dude. when songs uh-huh. make me feel that. And that's definitely one of those songs. It's like something I could see in like a transitory scene in a movie, like in the in the background, like where someone's figuring something out or like moving forward or, you know, something like that. Nice. That's good. I'm I'm pumped to listen to it. And so what I do, what I do is I ask everybody this uh, question. And every week that I do a solo podcast, I say my favorite song of the week. So I give Uh a new song every other week and a guest gives their favorite song every other week and so i'm compiling a play so i'm compiling a playlist of my favorite songs of the week and everybody else's favorite songs oh yeah that's awesome that's a sick idea i like that right uh and so now when you listen to the podcast like in the description of this podcast to be one by good morning will be in the description and so everybody can come and look at uh listen to the podcast and hear the song and then they could create a playlist too if they want um we just listen to the songs that people say are that are their favorite right now because we've talked a lot about music everybody who's listening to this this episode knows how much we love music um sure and so everybody i hope you love this song i'm sure it's a great one um it is and so this next question i want to know and this is the one where i'm putting you on the spot uh all right what is your favorite thing about life Hmm. My favorite thing about life. Big time, right? My favorite thing about life is that I don't know what the heck's going on ever. Word. That's my favorite thing because it keeps things interesting. And I used to think I wanted to have everything figured out and be certain of everything, but that'd be boring as heck. So, yeah, I like just going with the flow gives you a lot of peace that's an incredible answer and now uh i had my sister on this podcast a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago and i asked her a question she said uh what her answer was and then she flipped it on me she was like well you put me on the spot i'll put you on the spot what's your favorite thing about life and i said virtually the same exact thing that you just said really Uh, yeah and it's because my favorite thing about life is that i get to figure out how to deal i get to figure out how to just do I, I get to figure out how to be and how the best way, what the best way to be is for me. I love, it's like a, it's like a new adventure every day to figure out how I want to handle the situation or how I want to go about doing a certain things or how I want to go about living my life or the choices that I want to make and figuring out who I want to be and what the different ways of being are. I love it. Yeah. And so, uh, that's my favorite thing about life. And I think there's some overlap in the oh, two yeah. things in our, in our, in our things that we think are our favorite for sure yeah because i don't know what the heck is going on either (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what makes it a life. Yeah, man. Uh, listen, I'd love to have you back on this podcast. This was awesome. This was a blast. I'd love to have you back on after your after that app launches. And oh yeah, no. About what it's like. For sure. Yeah. No. Thank you for having me on. Like this was this was great. I really appreciate you thinking of me to be on here, and I had a great time also. Yeah, man. I you, it was a blast for me. I love it. That's why I love doing this. It was awesome talking to you. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. All right, yo. Peace out. I'll talk Peace. to you soon. Bye. Bango. There's the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Go show Shane SoundCloud some love. Again, hope you guys loved the episode. Peace out, everybody. Till next time.